Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to get on with the show. We've got a lot to cover. We're going to go back to the uh, book that Anthony and Tiso wrote, The Great Congressional Deception of the American People, from 1777 to present. At first, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, I pray that you will... Be with each and every one of us. Open our minds and help us to understand and to glean in the information that we have. It's difficult, (laughs) but we need to do it. Give us wisdom and understanding and discernment, Father. And oh, how we thank you. We thank you for all the many blessings you've given each and every one of us. And Father, it's difficult to thank you for the trials, but we know that those times are used to help us to grow. Your love and your grace and your mercy, they are unending. However, your patience does one day end. So Father, bring us back. Help us to be a people searching. Help us to be God chasers to chase after you, to hunger and thirst for your righteousness, and to be good little missions that we will go out and tell the good news to others, because it's too good to hold to ourselves. We must share. Father, we're in a turmoil here in this country and across the globe. And it begins, Father, because so many in powerful positions are corrupt. And they have fallen away. Some of them never knew you. But as a nation, this nation, we have fallen away from you. So it is in that, Father, that you hear me every day. They hear me every day. Ending the show with the Bring America Home. And that means back to you. And your your laws, your principles, your love. It is for such a time as this. I believe you have placed me here and all those who are listening and even Tony who is going to be with us today. You have placed us here for such a time as this. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. When did America lose its way? Or was it stolen? For the past several weeks, we've been studying the great congressional deception of the American people from 1777 to present, written by Anthony Antiso, who will be our guest here again today. It's easy for us to want to just slough it off as not that important, or even a conspiracy theory. While I have given you many of my personal theories in the past, different on different topics and situations, I usually tell you that's exactly what it is. It's Beth's theory. However, with this topic, U.S. Incorporated, 
We have been giving you documents every step of the way which come to this conclusion. No opinion necessary. As a quote from the old TV show, The FBI, which it was famous for, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. I think with me, a part of me, I'd prefer to not believe we the people have been duped. Another phrase we hear today in the conservative media is, you just can't make this stuff up. With the great congressional deception, unfortunately, we didn't and we couldn't make it up, and why would he even want to? For one, I would prefer that it just wasn't true, but it is. Living in the political world today and watching the fighting and the visceral hatred, the lies, the spies, and then the last several weeks of blatant attacks on, well, last several years, the blatant attacks on a candidate for president and then later the president of the United States, just to keep him from making America great again. One who has to wonder why is that, why is it that they hate America so much? Corruption is nothing new, greed is old, and jealousy was the cause of the first murder on earth. Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. We've all heard that. And you've heard me tell this story. I'm I'm sorry. Use this quote from Thomas Jefferson over and over and over again. Because some of them just mean so much if you dig into them. When once a republic, which is what we were and supposed to be now, is corrupted, there is no possibility of remedying any of the growing evils. You can't legislate the evil away. But by removing the corruption and restoring its lost principles, every other correction is either useless or new evil. Thomas Jefferson. He also said the tyranny of the legislature is really the danger to be feared and will continue to be so for many years to come. We're about to finish this study. I hope you've been enjoying it. And even more importantly, I pray you want to reverse course, that we will finish this study today. Um, we won't finish it today, but we will have Anthony back another couple of times and study a little bit more and talk about solutions and then take phone calls. But today we're going to finish up with most of his book. Earlier this week, I asked you, have the Founding Fathers' great experiment failed? I think we have unfortunately gone down paths that our founding fathers feared. Mankind is inherently evil, unfortunately. And we all have our sins and our temptations, as I said earlier this week. Colonel Mason insisted on the Bill of Rights. And when he was questioned by uh, James Madison, why? Because James Madison said, in this Constitution, we've given them no power to corrupt us. I mean, to take our power, to take our rights away. But he said... Because it does not have a Bill of Rights. And he says, but they do, they always do. It's a classic. It's telling. Constitutional Republic only works if the people are working and paying attention. Step by step, Congress has abused the contract between we the people and them. And now they believe they are the ones in charge. And perhaps they are, but they shouldn't be. A Constitutional Republic, if you can keep it.
We're going to go straight. We don't have much time in this segment because I was a blabbermouth, but we're going to go straight to Anthony and Tiso. Anthony, how are you doing today? Good morning, Beth Ann, and, and you couldn't have said it better. I enjoyed listening to you. <laughs> well, you I had a couple job. more sentences, and I thought if I go any farther, we're going to be in the break. But uh... <laughs> Okay, well, yes, and you mentioned um, the Founding Fathers uh, Foundation, and that we're going to get into that. I don't know if people realize that our, our, that the founding fathers founded the Constitution, drafted the Constitution, and founded this form of government of a constitutional republic based on a belief in God. Absolutely. And then later we'll uh, go into how uh, a particular president and a speaker of the House of the Assembly uh, uh, made it the law. Mm. So um, I think um, for those that are, are new to joining, I hope that uh, we covered from the beginning on the steps that were taken, and uh, we learned how in the what's called the Brenton Woods Agreement Act in 1945 was put into law, and what that agreement did was uh, convey the American assets, the United States of America's assets, to the World Bank. Okay. Congress, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, the music's playing, so we'll get back to that. I want to let everyone know who has their booklet, if you have it in front of you, we're going to attempt to cover <laughs> Chapter 9 and the epilogue today. So you can turn it to that page and... Uh, the music is playing, and we're going to kind of, Tony's trying to give us a little synopsis of where we came from, and then we'll get started on where we're going. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We are trying to bring America home, and we'll be right back. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. 
Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing, the only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America. Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations. Setting your table is an important part of every meal. The patterns you choose say something about you and your family. Bringing America home with LibertyTabletop.com or go to my website, CSETalkRadio.com and click on their link. Call Liberty Tabletop at 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. LibertyTabletop.com. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rule America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy ratty like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America because the light's on. And we have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We have Anthony and Tiso uh, back with us today. I call him Tony. We're going to study the great congressional deception of the American people from 1777 to present. And we're just about to get through it. I have to kind of chuckle as much as we've done here, Rudy, um, sorry, Tony, that you thought we could get it done in one show. <laughs> and I still chuckle about that. There's just too much stuff to cover. And I hope everyone's yeah. been enjoying it. I know several have. They've let me know that they were. And, uh, you know, it is, it's news that I don't want to hear. Well, you know, okay. and, and when they make that comment, you just can't make this stuff up. We didn't make this up. And who'd want to make it up? <laughs> who'd want well, to make not, it up? It, well, why, why do it? But the title of your show today being, Did America Lose Its Way or Was It Stolen? Um, I believe it was stolen. And I believe the the uh, turning point when it was stolen was in 1871. For those who uh, have joined today and have not heard the uh, past broadcast, um, in 1871, the Congress uh, passed the District of Columbia Act, which incorporated the United States, not the United States of America. And so that, I believe, was when they stole it. The, 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 uh, they needed to raise money, and they had to form a corporation to do it. So um, that was, I believe, the turning point at that 
point in history. Yeah, from what I've been reading in your book and uh, with the documents and other things that went on, and 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 not to go back too far with that, but I I find it humorous and sad at the same time that in order to do this, like we said, the the Civil War was. Let, let me make a synopsis here, and you can tell me. No, that's not right, Beth. The Civil War, mm-hmm. while we were fighting slavery, it was also about states' rights. That's and, correct. And uh, this is something that continues to be a fight here. We hear, you know, the um, representatives of the corporation will stand up right. and talk about states' rights. And how obvious was it through this pandemic, Tony, how important states' rights really are? And well, the, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> well, it, it is very important, and the um, the the corporate constitution that we're under today has the uh, the amendment in it that took away states' rights. That's where we elect senators by popular vote, and we're not. According to the the real Constitution, the organic Constitution of 1878, they're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to be appointed by the legislature of each state and represent the states themselves specifically. And then Congress, that's why we have the bilateral Congress, where you have the congressmen elected to be direct representatives of the people, and the senators are supposed to represent the states as a whole for states' interests in a federal system. We don't have that. They completely did away with it. And that now, ruined I, the balance, the it balance did. that Congress was I want to I'm throw sorry. that out, too. We were talking there about uh, Amendment 17. That is right. the one that took away the the way we... Changed how we elect senators. If um, if she's still around, uh, what's that lady attorney we know, Kid? Is her she last is name? Debbie Kid? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to her website, and she—that's uh, where I got the documents. I got copies. I got. A, I'm trying to find them so I can send them to you. Um, where she shows actual copies where neither the 16th nor the 17th Amendment was ratified. Yes. I have heard that many times throughout the years, that they well, never ratified the either one of those. Yeah. She has the printed proof, so uh, I'm still going through my files. Okay. Um, <laughs> so so okay. bring us up to where we are here with Chapter 9. Okay. Well, okay, today... In the previous chapters, we learned how that uh, Brenton Woods agreement uh, um, brought on by Delano Roosevelt uh, was passed by Congress and made a law. It was codified as Title 22, U.S. Code 286, and it quick claimed all the assets of the United States of America. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this this is kind of be sound kind of confusing but um, when they incorporated they said the United States the Congress of the United States of America does hereby enact this corporation okay so now they were trying to figure out how to take control of everything so they made a law 
that the assets of the United States of America would be transferred, quick claimed, to the World Bank, the IMF. And how did they do that? Okay, what are the elements of a quick claim? Corporate America signed the agreement, not the Amer- not the, those that represented this United States of America, but those that were sitting in government as the corporate representatives signed the agreement and made it into law. In that agreement, Congress grants, that's a conveyance, to the IMF, the United States Treasury. That's You can look up in the law and see those words. That's why it's in quotes. And they made the United States Treasury the individual drawing account for the IMF. That meant that any of the funds in the United States Treasury, whatever they are, the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, could take money out at any time. Then to help control that somewhat, the president and with the advice of Congress and the Senate, not the Congress, the Senate, it says in the law, shall appoint a governor of that fund who shall serve as a governor of the bank. That's in 22 U.S.C. Section 286A. What that means is the Secretary of the Treasury today is the president of the IMF. That's what that did. And it has been that way since 1945. That's Those a lot of power, of a, isn't it? I'm sorry? That's a lot of power, isn't it? Oh, boy. Okay. And, and and I'm just going to uh, talk about that just here for just a little bit. That's a lot of power, and it's not somebody that the American people elected. So it is a bureaucrat, so to speak, representing the incorporate U.S., but they're not representing the people. That's correct. But that's they've got a lot of power. Correct. Okay. So what that does, but, but the point I wanted to make was those, there are the elements of a quick claim. A grantor, the United States, not America, the United States is a grantor, the grantee, is the IMF, and something of value conveyed, the fund, the monetary fund, the, our money at mm. that time. That's a quick claim. No, there's no, that's the legal definition. Anyway, the ownership of uh, corporate U.S., up to that point, before they passed that law, we the people of the United States of America prior to that law owned corporate U.S. We, from the time they formed corporate U.S. back in 1871 to 1945, we the people owned corporate U.S. That was the way the structure of the government was set up. And nobody in the United States knew that except those in office, I'm pretty sure. But when that quick claim was instituted by the statute 22 USC 286, when that quick claim was instituted, then that took it away from us and gave it to 
under the control of the bureaucrat that you just talked about, the Secretary of the Treasury. So basically, corporate America. U.S. Incorporated was sold out. Yes. No longer do the people own it. That's right. As but bad as it was when it was incorporated in the first place, now this is even worse. We don't even have possession of that. That's true. That's right. Makes so me angry. Now, <laughs> Makes me very, very angry. <laughs> there is a way to change. Now, no matter what what we've you've read in the book and up to this point, what you've read, read and seen, there is a way to change this and bring this back, and it's not not a complicated thing. But we'll get into that later. Right. So that pretty much covers, uh, I think, Chapter 9, unless you have something nope, else Nope, I think wanna... it covers it really, really well, and I'm anxious to get to the epilogue because you've got something there I find very interesting. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I hope you've been ordering these books. They're $19.99. We're not trying to make money off them at all. It's just paying for the publishing. And, the, and uh, go to Zephyr Books and Coffee. That's who's helping uh, Tony out with this. Give them a call at 530-598-2584 and order your copy, and you can read it and uh, follow along. We're almost done with our study, but you'll probably hear it again. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Returns. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. So we are in the epilogue, and I'm just going to read the first paragraph. Around 1968, Corp. U.S., now financially obligated to foreign interests, that ought to explain a lot to you folks for where we are today, went to all the states of the National Governors Conference and pointed out that their constitutions prevented them from legally dealing in foreign currency, bonds, or loans. And I'm going to let Anthony take it from there. <laughs> yeah, also what was interesting about that, the Governor's Conference, it was in, uh, uh, I believe, Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, where they were meeting, and three uh, French prefects from France showed up. They were members of the World Bank. Well, why... Would some foreign bank officials come to a governor's conference? That was very interesting. Mm. Um, anyway, they told them that what you just read, that, that as, as a constitutional state, they could not deal in the federal system with foreign currencies and bonds. Okay. So, ba- so, so basically they-, they were telling the states and the governors, you need to get on board. <laughs> Yes, you do. And guess who was governor of California at that time, which I found interesting, was Reagan. Yeah. And it, and in the copy of the 19... This all happened uh, between 68 and 70. And in the meeting in 69, in the, in the, in the notes, um, there was a reporter asked Reagan why, what he thought about this um, corporation thing. And he said, oh, I don't know. you got to ask my uh, secretary about that. Anyway, um, if you want proof of that, those of you that are old enough to remember, we used to call Pennsylvania the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Virginia the Commonwealth of Virginia, California was known as the California Republic. But what do we call them today? They are states. states. They are states 
of California. And, now, and that's that's a question I I ask you not on air uh, but on right. the phone, and so I'm going to ask it again. When they had the election here a while back in Virginia, they I'm kept the me, <laughs> the media kept calling it the Commonwealth of Virginia. That's right. Is that is that because the Democrats lost control? I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I was trying to figure out why they were doing that. They call everything else the state, but they kept calling Virginia the Commonwealth of Virginia. That yeah, and so maybe maybe they know something we don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll find out. Anyway, um, <laughs> when we register to vote and we vote for the corporate officers, we don't vote for constitutional officials. Uh, those seats have been vacated. They're still there. There's just nobody sitting in them. Now, I'm going to ask so, you a question going back up to that first paragraph that I read. The, sure. The Corp U.S., who was representing, who was it that represented the, the, the Corp U.S. that went to these governors? Uh, Do the you know? The Secretary of the Treasurer. At that okay, time. that's what I assumed, Secretary of Treasury. Yeah, that, their office, uh, there was... I don't know if the secretary himself was there, but uh, someone from that office was there. Okay. Yeah. Well, by the way, if you look at the organic constitution, there there is no secretary of treasurer position. It's not there. Well, there's probably a lot of there's a lot of yeah. uh, bureaucrat departments that aren't in that. <laughs> That's right. That's that's what the problem. And is. then, did you tell us last week, or was that over the phone? Did you tell us? That, uh, one of these, um, I, was it the IRS is incorporated? Yeah, I have a copy in 1933. They were incorporated in Delaware. And, uh, I had it sitting right here. I was, uh, that's and, okay. And, and, yeah. I just wanted to confirm my memory. <laughs> that's correct. Um, uh, I'll get it for you. But anyway, they were incorporated as the Internal Revenue Service of the uh, territory and lands of the United States. They're okay. just a private bill collector. Okay. Okay, so what we've learned so far, where are we, I want to ask, where are we as Americans in this continuum of U.S. history? Where are we going and what is the true constitutional government based on? Now, this is the well, part I kind of thought is hopeful. I don't know if it truly yeah. is, but I felt like it was hopeful. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. Ahead. In, in, in 1982, October the 4th, President Reagan and uh, Tip O'Neill, Speaker of the Assembly at that time, Got a unanimous, I mean unanimous, not one no vote, no abstentions, no nothing, completely unanimous. They passed public law 97-280. It was a joint resolution that became law and is, is called the foundational law of this government, wherein the Bible and its teachings are recognized as the rock upon which this republic rests as the basis of foundational law. So there, there it is. Talk about a violation of their own law. 
<laughs> of their own incorporation. Well, you know, yes. you know, it would not be this way today. There would be no unanimous vote. And they will not, especially the Democrats, they will not accept God or the Bible. Oh, they tell us they're Christians, they tell us they're Catholic, and, but they don't stand on God. They removed him, they booed him in 2012 at the Democrat convention when Obama was running for a second term, and when Trump, when they were running against, when Hillary was running against Trump in 2016, they removed him from the Pledge of Allegiance and other things. They hate God. They love big government. That's right. Do we have time? I quickly, I think we are, it's not a long, uh, long. I've got it right here. Would you like me to read it or do do you want to? No, go ahead. You do a good job. This is the joint resolution authorizing and requesting the president to proclaim 1983 as the year of the Bible. Whereas the Bible, the Word of God, has made a unique contribution in shaping the United States as a distinctive and blessed nation and people. Whereas deeply held religious convictions spring from a holy scriptures led to the early settlement of our nation. Whereas biblical teachings inspired concepts of civil government that are contained in our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. Whereas many of our great national leaders, among them Presidents Washington, Jackson, Lincoln, and Wilson, paid tribute to the suppressing, to the surpassing influence of the Bible in our country's development, as in the words of President Jackson, that the Bible is the rock on which our republic rests. Whereas the history of our nation clearly illustrates the value of voluntarily applying the teachings of the scriptures in the lives of individuals, families, and societies. Whereas the nation now faces great challenges that will test this nation as it has never been tested before, and whereas that renewing our knowledge of and faith in God through Holy Scripture can strengthen us in a nation and a people. Now, therefore, be it. Resolved by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled that the President is authorized and requested to designate 1983 as a National Year of the Bible in recognition of both the formative influence the Bible has been for our nation and for national need to study and apply the teaching of the Holy Scriptures. Approved October 4th. 1982. Yes, and, and you hope. the fact that did you notice that you? I know you emphasize. I heard you emphasize it. <laughs> it wasn't the United States; it was the United States of America. In yeah, in one part and on their part, it was said United States. Yes, absolutely. That's not confusing at all, is it? Well, that part that says United is that references the individual states. All right, not the federal. Okay, okay gotcha, gotcha. So that part kind of gives us hope. We got a little farther, a little faster than I thought we would today. We're going to move on. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We will be in the final segment when we come back. And Tony and I are going to talk about how we can possibly get started to bring America home. We'll be right back. Have you heard about Vine to Bar Chocolate? 
It's the winemaker's chocolate. The world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouth-watering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's Vine to Bar Chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar Chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Have you ever checked to see how many minerals are in the nutritional products that you take? Not many if they come from fruits and vegetables that do not average more than 12 minerals due to mineral depletion in topsoil. Minerals are the key to good health and longevity, and you need lots of them. A product called Immuno 150 is only $49.95 for a month's supply, and it has 70 plant minerals and 80 other nutrients. There is nothing like it on the market. Now, more than ever, you need to supercharge your immune system, and to do that, you need at least 60 minerals every day. Immuno 150 has more than 70 minerals. Visit Immuno150.com, that is I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com, or call 888-316-2224. That's 888-316-2224. VTA Foundation continues their stand for life and women who are caught in unplanned pregnancies. Abby Johnson will be the keynote speaker at VTA Foundation's 30th Annual Pro-Life Events, March 22, 2022, at the Capitol Plaza Hotel and Convention Center in Jefferson City, Missouri. Abby is the author of the national best-selling book, Unplanned, as well as the movie based on her book, also titled Unplanned. She tells the story of her powerful conversion from abortion clinic director to outspoken pro-life advocate. Abby believes in the work of Vitae Foundation as they utilize digital marketing strategies to connect abortion-determined women with life-saving resources at local pregnancy help centers. Reserve your seat today. You have two chances to attend, luncheon or dinner. Events on March 22nd. Go to adsforlife.org. Abby Johnson will inspire and encourage you March 22nd in Jefferson City. Before the event sells out, register today at adsforlife.org. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling one 800 
978-6168. And use the promo code BETHANN to get 30% off plus free shipping. And we have returned to listening to CSU Talk Radio. So, how do we get ourselves out of this mess? And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I have lots and lots of people, and I don't mean to offend anybody that's listening, that has started an organization or a foundation or association or whatever, trying to their very best to bring America home. But the ones that I've heard from in the last year or so, they're concentrating, which is what I have said so many times here on the air years ago, long before we got to the mess we're at now, local. It's got to be brought back locally. One county, one city, one town at a time. And and I think that's kind of what you're suggesting. And so I'm going to let you kind of explain um, okay. How you feel we can bring America home? Okay, yeah. Okay. First, before we get right, let me real quickly say we are we are under a what's called an administrative law system of government. What is that? That is just what you know. It is bureaucrats make a rule. They publish it in the Federal Register to make it a law, enforceable, and uh, you have the bureaucrat who is the judge, jury, and executioner, which is in violation of our separation of powers in the Constitution. That's the system we're under. So the court system is under the corporate CC, it would be the California uh, uh, corporate uh, law. It's a corporation. They don't go by common law. There is a uh, in the in the Constitution. It says that there are to be courts of law and courts of equity. That's in the Constitution, and they don't do that anymore. Anyway, so how do we take it back? How do we get back to uh, a uh, to a, a constitutional court? How do we get back to uh, a constitutional way of life? And with just what Beth Ann said. You have to start local because you don't have control of the people in D.C. You may elect them, but you don't have control. The lobbyists have <laughs> It's out of have control, that's for sure, as, as yeah, uh, yeah. that uh, talk show host that. used to say. <laughs> Phil- so there, is a, there is a way. There is a, the Constitution affords it. The Ninth and Tenth Amendment, they, hmm. they give us the authority to do to do what we want, what we need to do. And the Ninth Amendment is very simple and short. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights, in other words, those those rights that are listed in there, include, that means the Bill of Rights, okay. shall not be construed to deny or disparage or take away others retained by the people. We can retain what we want, we can take out what we don't want. And then the Tenth Amendment, all those powers not delegated to the United States, that is the states individually or the corporate, by the Constitution, nor prohibited to the states, 
are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So we have the right, plus the Bill of Rights, plus the Declaration of Independence, to change the government. So how do you do that locally? All right, that's, a, that's really not a, a hard process. What you do is one, you get one to five people together, develop a notice of intent, and that notice of intent you file with your county clerk. That becomes an initiative petition or a referendum. And what that notice of intent should say is the citizens of whatever county you're in, of the state of wherever you're in, petition to establish an ordinance. You want to make a law, an ordinance for a constitutional republic form of government, legally recorded within the boundaries of whatever your county's name is. Now, once you can get enough signatures to get it on the ballot and to get the people to vote for it, then that forces your county officials. In California, we call them supervisors. Oregon calls them commissioners. Uh, California has five supervisors per county. Oregon has three. I don't know what other states do. Uh, But whatever that position is, that then forces them to take the proper oath of office. Mm. And that is to swear allegiance to the United United States States of of America. America. (laughs) 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 And that that was one of the reasons they, they couldn't change the Pledge of Allegiance, and that's why they tried to outlaw it and not have it in schools or discourage them from having it, because that pledge is to... The word is in there, the United States of America, and people, and I think that's why they wanted to get rid of it. So that that's basically the process. You need to get, you only need to get a few people together. Then you need enough people to go out and get the signatures of registered voters and then get that petition on the ballot and get it elected. And then I think, Beth Ann, maybe, um, when we start, you want to take questions, maybe the, if you want to do another segment um, next week or something. Uh, I also want to cover, I have eight points on how to, more in de- a little more in detail, uh, it's a broad outline on how to take back uh, your local county government and make it spread county by county. And it will spread. It'll spread like wildfires. Talking to someone yesterday that is starting something like this, and um, they're fighting several different uh, things that are going on in this nation. One is human trafficking. But, uh, again, we're starting it local. Local, local, local. Your sheriff is important. You've got to have a constitutional sheriff. A lot of counties, unfortunately, do not. We do have here. But even that, you know, uh, Tony, some of these sheriffs are no more educated than some of us, <laughs> well, don't, don't or less you, educated, you, as far as the Constitution goes, I mean. Okay, but has he taken the proper oath of office, your sheriff, do you know? I do not know. I know he took um, an oath. I know he's been really good at uh, backing the people here, uh, well, fighting that's, that's crime. Good. and Yeah. But maybe what, we should we we should educate him on the proper oath of office. I'll be happy to talk with him if you think it'd be worthwhile. 
Well, I can talk to him. I can talk to him. Okay. Rudy can talk to him. Knows him really well too. Um, okay. We're about to run out of time. I want to let everybody know, Tony, that we will go over these eight points on how to uh, bring America home from city to city and county to county next week. And hopefully, I think I think we can get through that fairly quick. I'm not sure if we can or not. We will open up the phone lines. I'll try to keep my uh, you might have to remind me keep my monologue a little shorter, and we can. Get this covered and then open up the phone lines. And if we don't, we'll come back another day and open up the phone lines. Tony, I appreciate all this work that you have done. It's just amazing and, and well, it angers me. I want to thank you for allowing me to, to be on your show. Uh, I, I, I can, I, I just, I thought this was important enough for people to have to understand where where the government changed. If, we, if we're going to defeat these progressive, liberal, left-wing people, they're communists. That's what they are. That's oh, what they are. Absolutely. Communists. And they're corrupt. Care. They're greedy. And I think we can see what their corruptness throughout has, has happened here. I've got to close us down. We're working as hard as we can to bring America home. Um. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Anyone who challenges their control is deemed a sexist, a racist, a xenophobe, and morally deformed. They will attack you. They will slander you. They will seek to destroy your career and your family. They will seek to destroy everything about you, including your reputation. They will lie, lie, lie. And then again, they will do worse than that. They will do whatever's necessary. The Clintons are criminals. Remember that. They're criminals. I'm going to open up our libel laws so when they write purposely negative and horrible and false articles, we can sue them and win lots of money. We're going to open up those libel laws.